does that make sense? Like, really, guys, does that make sense? Podcast. Hey, guys, thanks for checking out the Does That Make Sense podcast. This is Brian here, Better Business Brian on all socials today. I'm excited for the episode that, that we got going on today, guys. Got something special in store. Got a special guest which you got with us today. I got my guy, one of my best friends. Uh, he's he's a multi-millionaire right now. He's, he's doing his thing. I've known him for well over 10 years. He's uh, doing his thing with credit repair. Has a lot of different uh, businesses that, that he does. But today, what we're going to talk about, okay, before I get into what we're going to talk about, let me introduce him, right? So this has been my brother, one of my best friends. We talk about everything for the past 10 years, right? So he's uh, he's come back to Philly. He, he's traveled around, lived in Vegas, lived in North Carolina, lived in the Philippines. Now he's back in uh, he's back in the city doing, doing what he does best. So uh this is my guy, my friend, the Philly credit mechanic, Aaron Clark. You, 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 you. Give me a second. I'm just getting my live ready, man. How you doing, bro? I'm doing great. I'm thank doing you, great. thank you, thank you so much for the uh, the positive, the uplifting introduction. I couldn't have done it better myself, man. We le- we learned that a long time ago. Well, brother, today I know you got a lot of things going on with your credit repair business, with a bunch of businesses. You got a bunch of streams coming in. But today, what we've been talking about is real estate. I really want to get into like a bunch of these real estate myths that a lot of people just think is like you just take a step into real estate. You buy a house and boom, you're making money or you buy a house and you don't have to deal with anything at all. Right. right. So we both have crazy stories not crazy yeah crazy stories dealing with real estate dealing with contractors and how that really made us take a step back from real estate and reevaluate like man is this really really what we want to do but with that being said what is something like for me real estate myths is like the myth of okay, it's not really too hard to get into real estate or you're not going to deal with any issues. Everyone makes it seems like once you buy the house, you get in there and you get out and you're making, you're making passive income immediately. What's your, what's your take on that? How, how, how do you, how's that? Well, when you put it that way, that's exactly what it is. You know, when you look at it from the overall scheme of things, you're buying a property, hopefully less than what it's worth. So you can either get a cash flow from it or you can sell it for more than what you pay for to make a profit. But what people tend to forget is real life realities. Mm. Um, in order to make a real estate project or a real estate transaction go through smoothly, it requires a lot of different parties. In some cases, it's the realtor, the mortgage broker, the um, title company, the contractors, the property inspector, like just to name a few. And what people don't understand is one thing can go wrong in that chain that can hold up thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars of your profit mm. for months and sometimes even over a year. So, like I said, the overall scheme of things, yes, real estate is easy, but staying consistent and pushing through when things do not go right is the hard part. Okay, so there's a lot of money on the line because you know you. I mentioned you noticed. I mean, I mentioned you saying 
$50,000, but you got to rely on so many other people for this to go right. Yeah. Right. So with this business, with what you've experienced recently, what is some of the things that you feel like you wish you can do differently or you wish that you could have more control over that would that would help you out? Um, I would say if I can go back in time, I would have definitely borrowed cheaper money because when I first mm. got into real estate, I went into a really, with a really optimistic mindset like all right you know everything's going to work the contractors going to show when they're supposed to you know everything's going to go right and the problem is i didn't understand that whatever quote as far as time frame wise a contractor gives me i have to double that mm. so if a contractor tells you three months is six months if a contractor tell you it's six months is really 12 months and to this day i've never been proven wrong i never had a contractor that finished a big project on time. Maybe something as small, like maybe it might take a day or two, they might get that done on time. Mm -hmm. But that was my problem. I kept I was believing in the contractor too much and not understanding that they're salespeople. But wait. What? How 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 many contractors did you vet before picking this contractor? Um so when you say vet, that means like I actually like used them a little bit, right? No, I or mean, just, like, just, just, call, them just call them. How many people did you um, go through to find to make this decision? I don't remember because I remember talking to a lot of people. And honestly, the only thing I really had to go off of is who referred them to me, how much they're charging, and what type of vibe and energy they give me. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I learned is that all, it's like being in a relationship. All contractors come off good when they're trying to get your business or you first meet them and stuff like that, they'll invite you to their office, invite you to their house, things like that. And you cannot let that lower your guard. You have to make sure, number one, my first contract, I would have made sure I had a contract. That's the first thing at first. I would have mm -hmm. made sure I had something written down, not text messages, not an invoice. Mm -hmm. No, a contract, if you don't do this, this will happen. If this don't happen by this date, boom, 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 boom. That's number one, having a contract in place. Number two, make sure you never, unless it's a job they can do within a day. The reason I say within a day, because you don't want them, you don't want to pay them and then they don't come back to the job. Mm. You always pay them electronically with a credit or debit card. I'm going to tell you why. Because you might have a contractor that might start to work, then disappear on you. Or you might have a dispute over how much was paid, how much wasn't paid. So that's why I highly recommend to lower the risk and chance of a contractor running off on you is the electronic payment. Because if they try to run off or try to do something, you know, fraudulent, you know, you can just call your bank up and then you can just pull up. Hey, I got this contract here. This contractor did not, you know, fulfill this contract. I would like, you know, to get my money back and your bank will take care of that. Then you can also take it to the next level and pursue them in small claims court. If there's one thing that I learned that gets a contractor moving fast is if you threaten them with a lawsuit. Mm. But it has to be a contractor that has something to lose. See, when I first got started, I used to use people that work out of their truck, didn't have an mm -hmm. office, didn't have a legit team, didn't have an LLC, stuff like that. So even if I was to sue them, it's nothing for me to get. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I tell people. Even if you have to pay a little bit extra money, you want a contractor that has something to lose because there's a lesser chance of them running off on you. Not saying it's impossible for them to run off on you, but it's a lesser chance of them running off on you. And I would say last but not least, um, 
making sure that I'm extremely engaged in the project. Okay. You know, making sure I'm asking questions. Why are you putting this there? Mm-hmm. Why are you using a yellow wire? What's the other option for that? What is this wire called? Then what I started to do was I started to go behind their back and YouTube what they were telling me. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're, I, mean, I remember this one time I had an a electrician, not even an electrician, but a contactor who hired an electrician to do some wiring in my kitchen for the lights. And when I looked up on YouTube... I think like the yellow lights was supposed to go into the outlets and I'm sorry, the yellow wires was supposed to go into the outlets and then the white wire is supposed to go into the light bulbs. And I'm just like, well, why did you do that? Like the guy clearly says on this video that this is particularly for outlets. And if you plug the yellow wire into that light, into that light, it can short circuit and cause a fire. Mm -hmm. And that was the first red flag. He was just like, oh, like it wasn't like a, you know what I mean? Oh, I didn't even notice. It's like, oh, damn. Like, you know what I mean? So, Little stuff like that. I YouTube everything, not even to second guess them, but to make sure that their information they're giving me is matching up. So, so with how how with with you traveling, right? Because your project, with what, what people don't know, you were you were living in another city while that project was going on. So, with that being said, did you find it difficult to try to get that project going and get that everything done like that? With being not in the city, do you feel like that hindered the process yes. of it? Yes, because when you're when you're not when that contractor knows that you're not constantly applying that pressure, they're like, okay, let me divert my time and energy to someone that is a little bit more on top of the project. Mm-hmm. Because contractors have very bad money management and very bad time management. A lot of times they take on more jobs that they can handle. They're undermanned or understaffed. Yet they try to charge you the same price as if they had everything, you know, locked and loaded. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to even talk aggressively to your contractor, not talk to them like shit. But you have to let them know, hey, this is my third time now telling you this. Yeah, I don't want to have to pay someone. I have to tell someone three times to do something. Will this be an issue or should I have should I move forward with someone else? That's why you have to make sure you pay them accordingly. You pay them by the week or by the day. You never pay them. like That's what I'm saying. When someone gives you a quote, they should be able to break down how much everything costs. And it's like, okay, well, this is going to be the schedule. This is your price. Here's the schedule of how I'm going to pay you. And what you, what, 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 you need to ha- what you need to have done, you need to have a roadmap. By day three, this, this, and this should be done. Mm-hmm. By day five, and I always tell them, give mm-hmm. me the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. I never say how fast you can get it done. I said, what is the worst case scenario how long it's going to take you? So let's say the job is going to take five days and they're charging you $500. Okay, cool. So five days, $500. Where should we be at by the end of day one? Yeah. Where should we be at by the yeah. end of day three? Yeah. So once I know that, okay, cool. When we hit these checkpoints, you will get released a percentage of the payment at that time. Now, what contractors are going to do is, oh, man, you know, I don't do it like that. I need half up front. I need a whole amount up front. Fuck out of here then. Mm-hmm. Go, go mm-hmm. to another contractor. Mm-hmm. If you got a contractor that's very um, anal about you putting up half or all the money up front, now they ask you to pay for the materials. Let me tell you what I learned about that. 
a lot of times they'll ask you to pay for the materials because they're planning to steal from you to use it on another project. <laughs> That's another thing I learned from one of my flips was that there uh -huh. was a lot of extra material. And then I'm like looking at the receipt that we gave me and I'm looking yeah. at what I'm seeing. I said, bro, you, you need to show me everything. Like, that's another thing. I wasn't keeping track of the materials yeah. and how much, cause that's what they'll do. Yeah. Oh, all right, but we're putting the same floors in both houses. So let's take a little from his... So now we could jack them up on the price. Yeah. And we go to. I'm telling you, that's it's a because game. you're not check. That's because you're not there looking. You're not there checking it. So it's like. And a it, lot of times, the contractor. Oh no, no, we're handling everything. Most contractors mm -hmm. do not want you to go buy the material on your own, and they just do the labor. They want to tell you, oh, I can get it cheaper, or this, that, and that. Where they don't want you to know is that if you go to Home Depot or Lowe's and you set up your own account with them, your own mm -hmm. your own pros account. Every time you buy material, it can go towards you getting 10, 20, 30 yeah, percent off. Yeah. So imagine they're buying everybody materials, just running up all these points and all these rewards at Home Depot. Then on top of that, God forbid they got a, a, a veteran on their team. Now they just got an extra 10 percent off on top mm -hmm. of that. So anytime you go into Home Depot, if you got hands on it, you could be getting anywhere from 10 to 20 percent off. Mm -hmm. And you don't think that's a lot. If your materials are $10,000, that could be $2,000 you see. Or another thing I like about uh, Delaware, which is a state I'm investing in a lot, there's no taxes. No Yo, when I look at, when I go to the Home Depot in Philadelphia and I go to the Home Depot in Delaware, mm -hmm. one bill will be like 1200 the other one will be like 900 or something. Mm -hmm. And then that extra money I could put towards more labor. Exactly. Or put it back in my pocket. Exactly. With um, with that, with the contractors, though, and materials, everybody's unaid. Like, there's some contractors that, that says I'm going to take care of everything, right? Because me as a person, everybody's right. time is valuable. So it's like, I don't want to be out there in Home Depot picking up wood or picking up sheetrock or anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. So... I think beforehand is just like a pre preparation thing, right? I know Lowe's has something where you can, they could basically, you tell them the kind of project that you're doing and they write up all the material that you need. They yep. have a completely write oh, it out. Really? It's like a company that does it? In Lowe's. In oh, Lowe's. Right. Yeah, they write up all the so material. So you go in there and say, yo, I need my bathroom done. Okay, for a full bottle, I'm yeah. a full bathroom remodel. You need floor, you need yeah. this pipe, you need at least this, you need at least that. Boom, they, boom. they put all the material costs in there. They put all the material costs, tell you where to get it. Wow. Like, it's Lowe's, so you could get it right from Lowe's. But they break everything down to you like that. Right. And if you have that, you give Shout that out to, to Lowe's. A I had their American <laughs> Express card. Shout out to Lowe's. You give that to a contractor, it's like, we, we can't, yeah. We're, we're, that's another thing. Yeah. We're not contractors. If you're telling me you need these five, I don't fucking know. Exactly. I don't know if you really need these exactly. five pipes or maybe two of those pipes you're about to go install on someone else's house because you just fucked they shit up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That, and that's the dicey thing about, uh, about dealing with contractors and doing rehabs. That's why I tell people, don't get too caught up in the numbers if... You're not going to invest time in the other things, mm. Un like being at the rehab every yeah. day. That's why I tell people when you first get into real estate, don't go after almost everybody who chooses a major rehab within their first three properties <laughs> are going to get screwed over. And that yeah. happens. People who, people who I paid tens of thousands of dollars to learn from got screwed over on their first and second rehab because yes. they look at the numbers, but not the reality. You have no real estate experience. You still work a job. You only really have a couple of thousand dollars to your name. Why would you take on this big ass rehab just because the house was thirty thousand? 
Thanks. Just because, yeah, you see the comp, the comp is worth mm-hmm. over 200000 I'm getting it for thirty. I put fifty in it, boom, boom, boom. And I ask him, well, what happens when it's not 50 What mm-hmm. happens if the rehab goes up to one hundred? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, people don't think about that. And then now if your rehab goes to one hundred, then it's 130000 And then the whole time, you still got to keep your head above water. Mm-hmm. See, people don't understand during a rehab, you're not getting paid at all. You're mm-hmm. doing nothing but putting out money. And that's why I tell people, if you're in a real estate business, you need a cash flow business cash to support flow. you until you can go all in like that. Because that's what people think. People think, oh, I could be broke and just use a bunch of credit cards to fit real estate. Yes, if you're experienced. Yeah. An experienced person that that's doing real estate, yeah, with them, all credit cards yeah. ain't nothing. Yeah. But you got people who can't even figure out how to buy a fucking house with an FHA mortgage, which <laughs> is one of the easiest ways to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And that person is saying, well, Aaron, I want to use your strategy with all the credit cards and all that. And it's like, bro, that FHA money is some of the cheapest money you can borrow. Yeah. Why would you want to leave with credit cards and that? You don't have to. Yeah. You got two years of work history. You made over $50,000. Go get a tri- go get a triplex. Mm-hmm. Go get a duplex. Mm-hmm. Stay in that. Rent it out. Uh, 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 chop down that mortgage. Get some equity in it. Rip out that equity. Use that as a down payment on another mm-hmm. crib. Next one. Yeah. I tell you, that's the easiest way to go from crib to crib. You start where you live at. You make it multifamily. Yep. You use the extra money that you're getting as for the down payment. So then once you got a little equity, now you're putting twenty, thirty thousand dollars on something. There is there is a um if you have a great deal, that's when you could when that's when you could pay yourself on real estate on if you're doing a rehab. Meaning, like let's say you your deal, let's say it was a uh uh or the deal I was dealing with, let's say my numbers was amazing, right? Where I got it super low and my um you could add tax to the to the um to the construction budget where you'll be paying yourself. So that's that's a way but that's more experienced person that that can do that. It's not no beginner that can that can do that play because you're gonna me- you're gonna see that oh I got this extra money so I could get a nicer bathroom or I could get <laughs> I could spend more money on the kitchen or something like that because I got this extra money. But that's not that's that that's not the case. It's, it's definitely for the more experienced person. Uh, you know what I tell people they should do? They be like, yeah, I got three thousand dollars. What should I do to get in real estate? Find someone who likes you enough mm. to allow, allow you to pay them and for you to do a ride-along with them. Because mm-hmm. once I learn about ride-alongs, one day ain't enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you might have to volunteer your time. And if you don't have the money, I will volunteer my time. Hey, what can I do to help you out get through this project? The person might say, you know what? I want you to come here every day for two to three hours, and I want you to be my eyes here. Mm-hmm. And then... While you're doing that, ask them questions. Hey, how are you paying for this? Mm-hmm. What 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 was your thought process? Why did you get this? You know what I'm saying? And and because a lot of people want to get into real estate before they even talk to a contractor. Mm-hmm. I tell people get the experience through other people first. Yeah. And how do you do that? You either pay them. Hey, can I shadow you for a couple weeks? Or you volunteer some type of value. Yeah. Hey. I know you be busy doing a lot of projects. What if I was to go here and be your eyes and ears and make sure everybody yeah. working and record them? That's something I would use. Yeah. When I was in Vegas and someone hit me up and said, yo, bro, I want to learn everything you did with this property. What I'm willing to do for you mm-hmm. is go to this property every day, make sure whatever they need to be done, they're getting it done, boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. And if they're not, I'll call you right away. Mm-hmm. 
that's valuable to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you anything you want to know with that. Yeah. Because there's what people put in courses and there's what that person actually goes through on a daily basis. Because mm-hmm. some stuff I might put in a course, I might not go through, but I feel like the person needs to know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't do too much FHAs or refinancing, but I know how to do it. And yeah. anyone doing real estate should know how to do yeah. it. Yeah. But then you got my reality, what I do every day. Mm-hmm. I take times. I go drive for dollars. I know what neighborhoods I'm looking in. Mm-hmm. I know how much I'm willing to pay. Mm-hmm. I am a people's person. I'm not afraid to so get you're out. you're talking to the neighbors. You're talking to everybody on the block. Exactly. Because yeah. you never know what information they're going to give you. They, like, I had a lady who owned two houses on the same block and said she didn't want the one across the street anymore. She said her <laughs> aunt She said her aunt died, uh-huh. left it to her. She don't got the money to fix it up, and she's trying to get rid of it. The only reason... I didn't get it because she was one of those. I'm gonna look on Zillow to see how much my house is worth. worth, Yeah, you know, you know how that goes, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, damn. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a whole lot. That's a whole lot. Like a a whole lot of angles that you came from with, uh, with that. So, do you feel like? I guess so. With the real estate myths, right? I guess that that part aspect of it is more so. For like a new investor, because seasoned investors or people that know real estate yeah. that know the game, this isn't anything new to them, right? right. This is the the information that we're saying. It, it, they already dealt with it, but the new a new investor, someone that's looking to to get into real estate, what what was something that um you gave them a lot? What what is something that um that you feel like for a brand new investor? I know you said the FHA route is the best route. FHA, I agree. FHA is the best route. Don't go. Me personally, I wouldn't go into a full gut rehab as the first deal, right? As my first, like I did that my first deal, and it came back to to learn t- ton of lessons, right? Contract lessons, all these different type of lessons, money lessons, learning that okay, you can't do real estate if you don't have a job, right? Or if you don't have consistent money coming in right, right. because that cash flow, if anything goes over budget, that's coming out of your pocket. That's coming out of your rent money. That's coming out of your grocery money. That's coming out of your savings or wherever that money's coming from. It has to come from somewhere. It's just not going to be able to pop up from out of the air, no matter how you're doing the play, whether you're doing credit cards, because that those credit cards got to get paid back. It's still Every, debt. It's still debt. Everything has to get paid back. So- for a new investor, I would, I would, me personally, I would tell them, do that FHA route. Go that FHA route. What, what's the CM? That's why I hate about when people make jobs seem so bad. Because mm-hmm. when it comes to these banks, they like employees more than they like bosses. <laughs> like when I go to a bank and I want to, and I got to like apply for something or I got to prove my mm-hmm. income, the minute I see I'm self employed, Oh, we need two years of your business tax returns, your personal tax returns, statements, da 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 da. Versus go. someone that got a job, they go in there with two W twos and they last four paychecks. They're ready to go. Yeah, you tell them you're in credit repair or you in trucking, uh, high risk. You know, you're automatically yeah. high risk. So I tell people I was in better position to buy a house when I was poor. Mm. I'm gonna say that again. I was in better position by a house when I was poor because even though I didn't have that much money, the fact that I had all those years of work history, I would have only had to put out three and a half percent as a down payment on a property. Mm-hmm. So, for example, let's say I would buy a house for $100,000. Now, even though I know it's going to be somebody, oh, what about PMI and all that stuff like that? So I tell people, you know what? Let's round it up. Let's just say with closing calls, stuff like that, you're at about 
four and a half to five percent. So that means you're buying a hundred thousand dollar house. You know what I'm saying? That could be anywhere from thirty five hundred to five grand. Mm-hmm. Now, what I tell people is, look at how much money you're going to save in a year of paying rent because your mortgage are pro- your mortgage is probably going to be five, six, seven hundred dollars cheaper than a mortgage. And then you have to factor in: is this an income producing property? Now, people say a hundred thousand dollars. Where are you going to live at with that? Probably the hood. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, every millionaire I know started in the hood. Mm-hmm. That's why I get so angry where these entitled ass, broke ass motherfuckers think that they can just live in these condos and spend their last bit of money, but then get to the level I'm on without going through the hell that I've been through. Uh-huh. No, you got to pay that cost too. Yeah. You got to pay it too. You got to eat them yeah. fucking ramen noodles. You got to go through having roommates and mice and, and little critters running around mm-hmm. because... You're saving money to get to the next level. But so many people are more content where you like, you know what? I could cut this out of my life and save some money, but I don't want to jeopardize my comfort I have right mm. now. Well, guess what? Stay comfortable in the under six-figure bracket mm. and then leave the rest to us. Because mm. the thing is, even at my level right now, I will. I am a multi-millionaire and I will still go live in one of my properties. Mm-hmm. I have properties that are in the hood. I have properties that are row homes and stuff like that. And guess what? If I want to save some money, best believe I will move in there for a year and do that. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, one of the properties I'm staying at now don't even have no central air. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember the last time I bought an air conditioner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I have to buy an air conditioner. <laughs> but guess what? That shit builds character. Mm-hmm. That tells me no matter how high I go, how much money I make, I will always still be willing to go back to yeah. the trenches. Yeah. That's a lot of people's problems. Yeah. They're not willing to go back to the place that built them. They don't understand that the valley builds you up more than the peak. Because mm-hmm. guess what? When you're at the peak, you're not working out anymore. But when you're in that valley and you're, cry- you're, you're crawling up, hard. you're building daily, nothing but daily. muscle going yes. up there. Yes. So how the fuck yes. are you going to build the muscle, the the, the mental toughness to deal with the contractors, deal with the realtors, deal with all the things that can go wrong in real estate, and you can't even downgrade your little apartment just mm. for a year or two so you can stack up some bread and get the fuck up out of there for good. Or go back to moms, or or because <laughs> a lot of people, some people can't can do that. Some people can't, but. Man, listen. When I went back to my grandma, when I when I lost my my lost my crib, mm-hmm. I could not have girls or women over i couldn't have company like she took me from being age i think i was like 23 23 24 i moved back into her i felt like i was 13 again Mm. and guess what that's what gave me the fire to be like you know what instead of watching netflix i'm gonna read some books so i get the fuck up out of here get out of here happened to me last year (laughs) happened to me last year i had to move with my parents and, and guess what? If, 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 it, if it was to happen five years from now, I'll still have the same mentality exactly. I have now. Because me being a millionaire is not predicated on what's in my bank account. Me being a millionaire is predicated on what's in my mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I learned from this book, I don't know if it was, I read a lot of books. The opposite of desire is disgust. So what I tell people is for you to be ready to go from one level to another, you have to get so disgusted with your situation that the opposite of that becomes desire. And when that burning desire gets into your mind, you'll be willing to do anything to get there. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I learned, like chasing other things that weren't important, chasing weed, chasing liquor, even chasing a good time. I know people who would drive 
two, three hours from Philly to DC or Philly to New York for a good time, but they can't spend two, three hours watching my live to learn how to pay for enough money to buy a motherfucking crib there. You going in. Come on, man. You going in. Come on. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off, but you were snapping. Yeah. <laughs> he was snapping though, but that was some that was some great points. Um, I mean, bro, we can always make a part two to this because you know we we got okay, we got okay. stories to yeah, things. I don't yeah, want to yeah. go too go too long. Yeah, it. I don't want to go too long neither. So that that any any last words, bro? You was just snapping. You was, you. Was... I know, I know. Sorry, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie though. Like the cursing, man. That's like my. That's the Gary V. No, in that's me. fine. That's, that's the fine. Gary V. In me because I feel like I'm a Christian man and God knows my intention, but I feel like. I can't really get something across how I wanted to without saying the f word. So I apologize. Passion, like we felt that passion. And when I find a more a more stronger, more intense word than the f bomb, I'm gonna use it. But until I'm using f bomb, but no. Um, (laughs) The last thing I'm gonna say, man. The only road to being truly wealthy is through humility. Is through being humble. It's through understanding that number one, you do not know everything. There's always someone you can learn from. You should be spending majority of your time soaking up people's stories soaking up people's experience soaking up their books their youtubes their courses you need to spend 80 percent of your time doing that but notice how i say 80 percent of the time Mm -hmm. sometimes we get caught up in analysis paralysis where all you want to do is go to courses and take pictures and and go to ride-alongs where the 20 percent that's you acting that's you going through the rejection like if you don't get a knot in your stomach when you first start doing real estate, that means you're not working. Mm. I used to have knots in my stomach all the time. I used mm. to have knots in my stomach while I would knock on somebody's door and ask them what to be willing to sell their house. I had knots in my stomach when I was closing on my first property. Yep. But just understand, guys, understand that real estate is one of the most proven ways in this country, not even just in this country, in the world, to how to accumulate wealth. Mm-hmm. Start in the hood, right? Start in the hood. Start in the hood. That's the cheapest place you're going to get a house. Now, there are some hoods that are worse than others. You got the Kensington type of hood. Then you got like the West Philly. You know what I mean? But here's what I tell people, right? Listen, I've been there before. Get a security system. Stay ass in the house. Mind your business and stack your bread. Because I tell people, if you got to move back to the hood, your ass should always be working anyway. Why are you worried about what's outside? Why are you worried about what's outside if you're always working? Yeah. And I'm telling you. If everyone has listened to this, if you're just be willing to do that, either move somewhere. I don't like saying the hood. Somewhere where low-income people can't afford. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that. If you guys just humble yourselves to either move back at home, get a roommate, or move to a less desirable neighborhood, just a year or two of that can get you exactly where you want to go. Thanks. But the fact, because you feel like, oh, I'm an RN, I'm a nurse practitioner, I have this title in life where I can't live a certain way. That's why you're always going to just be an RN. Mm-hmm. That's why you're always just going to be wherever you're at because mm-hmm. you care. You care so much about holding on to something you don't even really want that you're not even going to be willing to sacrifice it for something more. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I ask people, they be like, oh, do you like where you're at right now? No, I want to be a millionaire and all that. All right, well, get rid of all this shit. Get rid of that. Get rid of oh, 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 oh. You just said you don't like being here. You just say you don't like being here, but mm-hmm. when I ask you to sacrifice this so you can get to the next level, you don't want to do it. No, mm-hmm. you're exactly where you want to be at. Mm-hmm. I learn about people. People people a lot of times say exactly the opposite of how they feel. They talk about, oh, I don't want to be in this spot 
but why do your actions reflect that? Yeah. That's like you, me telling my girlfriend I want to marry her, but I'll never try to meet her parents. I never make any plans. I never mm-hmm. like, bro, you're just talking right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's the last little bit I would give. That's it, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Does This Make Sense podcast, man. Real Estate Myths. He, uh, we, we're we're going to have him on again. But like, subscribe, check us out. Um, Philly Credit Mechanic. Yes, yes, follow me, Instagram, Aaron the Mogul, Philly Credit Mechanic, or The Philly Credit Mechanic. Haters be hating on me. Get my page needed sometimes. <laughs> All right. And make sense 100%, and everybody knows that. Podcast. You don't need somebody's attention just to get it. What the heck? Are you recording that?